Welcome in to the Full Tilt Debbie podcast on the Full Tilt Fantasy Podcast Network. I am, of course, Lucas Gilbert at the Cute Hertz on Twitter. And to my, I guess this is right or left, depending on however you're looking at the screen, uh, Mr. John Arrington at Dynasty Coach A and Mr. Andy Starr at A Star FF. And I guess it's not Twitter anymore, it's X. Man, the world is a very, very different place from what I remember it as. But to start off the show, Andy and I were talking off screen. And John, what is your favorite Taylor Swift song? Um, so I'm gonna say the Tim McGraw, just because I actually okay. I, I actually went to a uh concert when she first started out. Um not all right, so it was not technically her concert. It was a like, it it was uh. There's a city named Saint Pete that's nearby here, and it was like a big uh, festival and all that kind of stuff. The girl who was on American Idol, uh, like she was like a top twelve uh finalist on American Idol. Uh, she was a good friend of mine, and so she was singing at this concert as well. And so I got to meet Taylor Swift when she was like fifteen or whatever backstage, and uh, and she of course that was when Tim McGraw came out that song um so you know it was like that whole big thing but the funny thing is she wasn't huge yet like she was on the radio but she wasn't like a big deal yet or anything like that so it was just like oh cool here's this like 15 year old girl you know whatever you know and, and that's why that's my favorite song i guess what i was not expecting that at all we were, we were both like <laughs> john's gonna say john's gonna be like i have never heard of taylor swift song in my entire life and then you're, you're like oh i met her what the fuck is going on here <laughs> I, am, I totally did but i'm on the clock so give me one second i am so incredibly jealous right now that is amazing i was not expecting that at all to be an answer um andy your favorite taylor swift song real quick oh man i guess you could say uh, i kind of like them all no um if I had to pick one, I, I can't do it, man. I can't pick a favorite. I like, uh, oh, uh, our song. Okay. I like, the, I like Country Taylor. Oh, dang. Y'all are, y'all are going a pretty far back yeah. there. Uh, I will have to say it's it's Shake It Off. That's that's my go-to song. That's my karaoke song. It's it's I everything to me. Uh, <laughs> you have you to be dancing and everything. More. Oh, definitely, man. Oh, my definitely. God. You have to be much more drunk. Uh, in order to get that though wow I, I did not pick right guys this is not going well okay i i mean I, I can't find I, I can't keep up with this draft and talk about taylor swift at the same time it's impossible <laughs> talking about taylor swift is like a it's like a full body experience you have to be completely immersed in it it's just not a side conversation anymore it's all or nothing at this point so <laughs> uh but actually you know the the stuff that we're here to talk about um the people or the reason why people come and actually watch this and listen to this fantasy football and specifically Debbie fantasy football and college football is back this week games that matter. None of this preseason crap where we're seeing third and fourth stringers who may have been on some of our Debbie and C2C rosters last year, but actually won't mean anything in the NFL. This is real things counts on the record book, really important stuff. And there's a lot of news to get to. Andy, what have you been noticing the most as we get ready for the start of college football? Um, well, I think 
I mean, if we're just talking news and notes, I think we got to address the elephant in the room. And I put in the show sheet. I take no pleasure in this. Um, but we got to talk about the Branson Robinson injury. This is a guy who I, you know, I think was in most people's top five or at least top 10 Debbie running backs. Um, I know that I've been vocal about him being overrated, but this is John said it perfectly when I tagged him in the news earlier today. He's like, oh, you, you never want to see a take go down like that. And it's true. Like, I want to be right. And now we'll never know if I'm right, because uh, I believe the injury was a ruptured patellar tendon. And that is a tough one to come back from. Um, I know, you know, things seem to get better every year with all these injuries, but the one that sticks out in my memory was Cadillac Williams, where, you know, he was one of the best running backs in the NFL. And then, you know, he was essentially nothing after that injury. So I know that was over a decade ago and things have obviously probably changed, but obviously you hope for the best for Branson Robinson. Um, tough to see a guy go down before, you know, especially when it seems like he's probably going to get some sort of a chance this year to maybe take over that Georgia backfield. And now obviously that's not going to happen. Fun fact. I actually used to deliver pizzas to Cadillac Williams as well. So uh, everyone you're talking about tonight, I have met at some point. I can promise you. <laughs> that's incredible. <laughs> What's going on here? <laughs> I, don't, I don't, I don't know what to do with all of this information at this point. Um, it's, it's, it's a little wild to, to say the least. Um, all right, recalibrating now. Um, so with Branson Robinson going down, who do you think that that helps the most, both for this season? And then is there anyone that you think might get an opportunity to get you really excited for the next season? Well, I've been on the record as saying this is going to be Kendall Milton's year anyhow. So to me, I think this you know opens up more opportunities for him. Assuming he he as well can stay healthy, you know he's always battling some sort of injury too. It seems like, um, but I think the guy who stands to gain the most right now this year, and maybe there's two guys, and um, it's Andrew Paul and Roderick Robinson. I think those guys are both you know they were highly recruited players. Um, in the case of Roderick Robinson, he was a highly rated recruit. Um, as far as like the other guys in the roster, Dejon Edwards, I'm not exactly you know considering him an NFL guy. So I wouldn't be too, uh, you know, excited about his prospects. Uh, so essentially it's going to be up to those guys to kind of wow me or, and everyone else really um, see who sort of takes the reins there because it's a Georgia running back. And obviously that means a lot for, for us in the Debbie world. And, you know, you know, that's a position that tends to perform well in the NFL. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, I've been a known hater of uh, of Milton for the longest time, but I mean, they're dropping like flies. I mean, we can't even guarantee that Andrew Paul's 100% healthy or, or you know, or what he's going to be coming back from the injury. Uh, kind of the same thing with, with Dejon Edwards. And um, and honestly, I had no idea. Like, I, I my forte, my strength is not uh, rookies or incoming freshmen, I should say. Uh, it is rookies, not incoming freshmen, though. <laughs> and so I... I had no idea that Roderick Roberts Robinson was six foot two forty until today. Um, holy crap, that is a big boy. I don't know that I truly believe that. Oh, I'm on the clock. Uh, I, I don't know that I truly believe that he is going to be this like. I mean, he's a fullback. <laughs> he's a fullback. What are the odds that he's going to be like this amazing athlete, this amazing running back at six foot two hundred and forty? It just doesn't seem right. 
Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And then also the Georgia running back room in general is really beat up at this point. There's a lot of talent back there, but you mentioned uh, Aaron Paul coming off the torn ACL. Linth Whitehead was really banged up at Tennessee last season, part of the reason why he transferred and also to get back closer at home. And there's not really another running back on that roster right now who can fulfill the role that Branson Robinson would fulfill. Uh, I do agree with you. I think Roderick Rob- Robinson, I might have just screwed up the name there. I apologize if I did, uh, but that is the person I'm most excited about in terms of an opportunity that might not have been there. Yeah, I don't have the numbers in front of me either, but I'm, I think Roderick Robinson is like sneaky fast too, even for being like six foot 240. So um, he, he is probably more the, the Branson Robinson version of a running back than, than anything because, you know, with Branson, no one expected him to catch the ball at all. So I think Roderick will probably fit best into that role when it's all said and done. Well, I was talking with Aaron Wilcox uh, from the Debbie devotional today, and he was saying that a lot of the times that uh, Roderick Robinson has uh, from high school and all that kind of stuff are from when he was around like 220, 225. So now that he's at 240, we don't know, is he going to keep that athleticism and and everything? So it's, yeah, he is an athletic guy. How athletic can you be at, at, you know, there's only so many, uh, there's only so many guys like Derrick Henry. <laughs> there's, there's not too many of them. Yeah. Ex- excellent. Excellent point. All right. What else has been happening before we have kickoff later this week? Well, I, I mean, that was pretty, I, I had earlier on the show sheet uh, when, when we were going to do the show last week, talking about like the preseason, all Americans. Uh, we could briefly talk about that. Uh, Roma Dunze was like, the wide receiver two when it came to uh, all Americans. Um, so I thought that that seemed odd. Obviously Marvin Harrison jr. Was the other, um, the other all American listed in the preseason all Americans for me, obviously I'm thinking uh, fantasy Debbie. Obviously I like Emeka Egbuka as the wide receiver two in this class. Um, but you know, when you're thinking about all Americans, it's all stats and, um, you know, Dunes, they did have a big season last year. Um, he was competing with targets with, uh, Jalen McMillan in the, in that high volume offense. So I get why they, they made the selection, but I guess for me, if I'm picking an all American wide receiver, I would just throw both those Ohio state wide receivers in there. If you, if you only had two to pick from, but I don't hate the Dunes they pick because, that is that is a a, a a high volume offense, and he still managed to be you know a thousand yard receiver along with Jalen McMillan, who was also a thousand yard receiver. So, um, as far as like on a per game basis, he's probably better than Egbuka, but I think Egbuka, in the long run, is going to end up being the better receiver. Fair enough. Uh, I will say this with your point about uh, Romeo Dunze out of Washington. If, say, Washington fulfills all of the expectations people have for them to be a sneaky college football playoff pick, um, supposed to have a fantastic offense with Michael Phoenix uh, at quarterback, if he has a fantastic season, we're talking 1,700 yards, double-digit touchdowns, just absolutely ridiculous, and Ohio State struggles with their change at quarterback, and Marvin Harrison still is like 1,200 yards, flirting with double-digit touchdowns, and doesn't win uh the blitnikoff is that is this going to go down as one of the wildest or best wide receiver careers in college football to not win that 
just in terms of pure talent and statistical production? I, I mean, I couldn't say because I don't know, like, who the biggest Blitnikov snub is off the top of my head. But, um, yeah, I mean, that would be a that would be a big one because this is probably the most hyped receiver we've had since uh, – I can't even think. <laughs> I can't even think of one that's been, you know, higher up there. But, um, yeah, I mean yeah. – to, for him to not win the Bolitnikov would be would be odd, but I, I see what you're saying because of, you know, it's it's weird to be a week out from the season and a top four team, actually two top four teams haven't even named a, a starting quarterback yet. So, oh yeah, uh, well, Alabama and Ohio State, correct? Right, and because Georgia just named Carson, Carson Beck, Beck like last week. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is getting pretty crazy. I honestly didn't hear the question. I know it was about Roma Adunze, <laughs> but I wasn't paying attention at all. So. I, I was just making a comment about Marvin Harrison was fantastic last season. Arguably the best wide receiver in college football as a sophomore. Uh, Jalen Hyatt, Jalen Hyatt, completely screwed up last names right now. Uh, he he obviously won the Blatnikoff. Fab, amazing season. And scoring five touchdowns in one game against Alabama, that that's hard to come back from in terms of an award race. If Rome Adunze has a just otherworldly statistical season, Washington is a sneaky college football playoff pick, and Marvin Harrison Jr. struggles under a new quarterback, doesn't win the Blitnikoff, how much of a snub will that go down in terms of wide receivers throughout their college career to not win one based solely off of his talent well, and career production i mean if we're just assuming at in this hypothetical that uh that odunze won the award over uh mhj then that would be a huge snub because it's still the pac-12 like i don't care how good their offense is it's uh, it's the pac-12 so like, that's that's all you have to say about that all right fair enough is there anything else that's been happening right before kickoff? I mean, it's it's coming, man. I can smell it. I can see it. It's it's so close. I mean, I guess we could just talk about like kickoff in general. Like, who, who's playing this week that you know might make end up making a name for themselves and and get on the NFL radar? Uh, there, you know, as far as week zero, which those games are obviously on Saturday, uh, you you don't have too many marquee matchups, but. Um, Notre Dame's going to be playing and USC is going to be playing. And those are two schools that, you know, we typically like to watch in terms of, uh, you know, putting NFL talent out there. Um, but this is kind of like a weird year for Notre Dame. They're bringing in their new quarterback, Sam Hartman. He's coming off back-to-back seasons where he's had at least 38 touchdowns. And then they're also losing their, you know, main offensive weapon in Michael Mayer. So it's going to be interesting to see who kind of steps up from that offense to, you know, kind of be the next big star, I guess. Yeah, you know, Sam Hartman seems like the obvious answer. Um, but, you know, he's kind of a – this will be his sixth year in college. Um, he's really only had those last two seasons where he's, you know, been – really effective um they they're losing most of their receiving with michael mayer like i said lorenzo styles is now playing cornerback for the buckeyes um their running back chris tyree is now going to be one of their wide receivers and then the other one they they bring back um uh jaden thomas only had like 25 catches last year so 
it's going to be a weird offense, um, except for a guy that me and John both love. I think Audric Estime, and I think that's the name that people are going to start to uh, pay a little bit more attention to this this weekend. I think the offense is going to start to run through that running game a little bit more. I know Estime's not exactly like a three down back, but he is going to you know show some big burst, and you know they're playing Navy, who you know Navy's stingy on on uh, on the run game for sure, but. I think uh, you know Estime is a name that people are going to start to to recognize uh, after this week. Definitely, I I think honestly I think you're not giving him enough credit because I think he is a three down back. I mean, he might not be like the perfect workhorse back that you know you can just do whatever you want with, and he's running go routes and all that. But I think he's he's definitely viable in the passing game. He's obviously big enough, strong enough, whatever to to withstand a full workload. So. There's no reason why he can't be out there at all times, and they really have no other options. I know they have, you know, they have a freshman, uh, you know, that is eventually going to get on the field. But I don't. It, maybe it'll be this year because I mean, he obviously can't touch everything. But you know, it, it's. I think, like you said, he's going to get on people's radars because he's kind of been off for the most part. Um, and then you were talking about USC. I mean, Dorian Singer. You know, that whole battle and everything uh, with USC. Like, I really, I'm very excited to see what happens week one because I'll tell you what, man, I've gotten a lot of shit from my Dorian Singer love. And I swear to God, if he dominates in weeks, or I'm sorry, week zero, uh, yeah, people are going to be hearing about that shit. Yeah, it's very impressive to dominate against San Jose State. I don't care. It's it easy whole- over there. The whole Come point on. isn't 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 who they're playing against. It's who is seeing the ball. Because the whole thing is people are saying, "Oh, there's better talent." Blah blah blah. Okay, well then let's see it. Let's see the better talent than Dorian Singer. Yeah, I yep. believe uh, it's uh, it's holy cow. Why can't I think of anything today? It's been a long day, guys. <laughs> also, oh, good call. Gosh. Good call on the Michael talking about Michael Mayer. It was perfect because I just drafted him as you were saying, and I was like, "Oh yeah, Michael Mayer." <laughs> Yeah, Jacob right. Sanderson always says targets are earned. I think that's probably his most said thing on the Full Tilt Dynasty podcast, which you all should watch uh, live Friday at 7 Eastern, 6 Central, because there's nothing better to do on a Friday night, right? Maybe? Potentially? Never. All right. <laughs> well, I'm going to give us just a quick break from the sound of our voice, and much to Tom's dismay, there will be another intro. So that'll be two on the night. We will see how many we get through. Uh, but stick around. See it. <laughs> stick around uh, and give you just a little bit of a break from some of us talking. You know, you might have better things to do on a Friday night at 7 o'clock Eastern or 6 o'clock Central instead of watching the Full Tilt Dynasty podcast. But there's no better time to ever go and not play underdog fantasy. And wherever you use promo code FULLTILT, F-U-L-L-T-I-L-T, on your first entry, they will match you up to $100. And with football season finally here, 
There are preseason pick'em games going on, preseason fantasy over-unders going on, college football galore. It is going to be awesome. And that is a hundred free dollars that you can go and already start putting on bets. So make sure you're using that promo code full tilt f-u-l-l-t-i-l-t and they will match you up to 100 on your first deposit also another fun thing this year uh happened at the last season we're fully going into it this season and that is we are partnered with fantasy points and as you're doing your pickums for underdog and doing your over-unders on fantasy scores Go to Fantasy Points, use their new data suite. It will get you completely prepared to win lots of money and also support the brand. So definitely go out, check it out, and crush some people in fantasy football this year. Speaking of crushing things in football and also betting in football, there are a lot of really fun little prop bets that Andy has cooked up for us this week. First thing we're going to start out is we're going to start out with the rushing touchdown prop bets. And holy cow, I have I have no idea what to do with these. Andy, you are very mean picking these out. Uh, and it hurts me a little bit looking at these over-unders. So why don't you take us through them? All right, well, I'll just run down the list first. I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about each of them individually a little bit deeper. But um, there's three of them I picked out. Uh, Will Shipley. His over-under for – this is just rushing touchdowns, by the way. Uh, over-under is 11.5. Blake Corum – actually, all these guys are 11.5. So there's three of them. Will Shipley, Blake Corum, Travion Henderson. Uh, so Will Shipley, obviously, of Clemson, Corum, Michigan, and Henderson from Ohio State. All of them set the bar at 11.5. This is from FanDuel, I believe, their sports book. So interesting that they all have the same line. So I figured that would be a fun one to go through. I don't know why you hate us so much with these prop bets. I felt pretty good about the quarterback ones. I mean, a little uneasy because every single one of them, except for one for me was over, but 11 and a half seems right on the money for so many of these. So starting with Will Shipley, the very talented running back out of Clemson, uh, very much utilized in the passing game. Now is this total touchdowns or just pure rushing? As far, the way I read it, it's just pure rushing, and I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Like if it was if it was total, it would be the over for Shipley for sure. But uh, I'm it's just rushing as far as I know. Then oh, not to get the start off on such a negative note, but I have to take the under there. That's the only thing I feel comfortable with. I I am very skeptical of this Clemson offense. I think that, as we discussed with the quarterback section, Kate Klubnick has the potential to snipe a lot of these red zone touchdowns away from Will Shipley. And depending on how much he's used out of the backfield, he might hurt himself from a rushing touchdown standpoint by taking in a couple through the air. So I'm currently on the under, but based off of your reaction, I don't think you're going to be going under. Well, I'm kind of using this the same logic that I did last week where there's no way Klubnik's going to throw 25 touchdowns or whatever they had his line set at last year or last week that that if Clemson's going to stay competitive, which I assume they're going to, they're probably going to be at least one of the top two or three teams in the ACC. 
they're going to need somebody to score touchdowns, and it's going to be their guy who scored 15 on the ground last year. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I mean, I don't know if how many he scored in the in the postseason. I'd have to, I could pull that up right now. Um, it looks like he did have uh, just one one touchdown in the postseason. So he scored 14 in the regular season. So he did go over last year. Um, and I think they're going to need him to, to do that again this year if they want to stay competitive. So um, it's going to be the club Nick sh- or not the club Nick. It's going to be the Will Shipley show again, because club Nick is not going to be able to throw 25 touchdowns. Uh, we talked about it last week. He only had two touchdowns and over a hundred passing attempts last, last year. So uh, it's, it's, it's going to be on Shipley to keep this offense uh, competitive. So I'm taking the over. Yeah, I I really want to hate on it because I, I'm just not a Klubnik fan, and so I just want to kind of hate on the offense as a whole. But it's not like DJU was good last year, so you know we can't really say too much. <laughs> like we we can't say that all of a sudden the offense is going to like completely fall off or something like that. If anything, I guess we would hope or assume that Klubnik might be a little bit better than DJU. I don't have high hopes, but I guess I have hopes, and um, I am on the clock. But I will. I will say, I think that Shipley, while I don't know that he's a special talent for the NFL, I do think he's a a fine talent for college, and he's going to do just fine. So He could easily be the focal point in that offense. So I really have no issues with with the over there. Oh, dang. I wasn't expecting to be the only one with the under here. Uh, I I know. It's... It's a little scary. Uh, I'm not going to change my answer, though. I'm going to stick by it. But I will point out he had 38 receptions last season and zero receiving touchdowns. Also, in the two games that Kate Klubnik was starting, he only had one rushing touchdown. Uh, still eight pass or eight catches in it, and I'm sure more targets, but ESPN doesn't display those, and that's the only thing I've pulled up right now to support myself. Uh, so it's not a great argument, but it does make me feel a little bit better inside. Now, Blake Corum, 11 and a half touchdowns. John, why don't you start us off with Blake Corum? Or are you still on the clock? No, no. I mean, it's a fast draft, so <laughs> we're going quick here, baby. Right. Um, actually, we only have five rounds left, and then I'll actually pay attention to what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, but Blake Corum is going to smash that. I mean, 11 and a half touchdowns, I mean, that, what, in the first half of the season? Like, come on. That's the easiest smash. I know they're obviously, they're, you know, like, all joking aside, like I love Corum. Everyone knows that. Um, I think that that Donovan Edwards is definitely going to be a much bigger part of the offense this this year than compared to last year. But everything, I mean, maybe it's coach speak or whatever. But they're talking about the offense being more prolific this this year. You know, passing more, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, they're still going to run. You know, like so. But the more passing, the. Uh, J.J. McCarthy taking another step forward. All that kind of stuff is just going to lead to more offense, which is going to lead to more touchdowns. And so I really see zero issues with 11.5 or going over 11.5 for Corum, even with the split, with the, with all of that. Because, I mean, what did he have last year? Like 20? Something like 18. that. Like, yeah, 18, yeah. I mean, like, yes, his his uh, share of the pie is going to come down a little bit, but I think they're going to be a little more efficient, and I think that they're going to be a little more prolific. So, you know, we... Yeah, maybe there's what, instead of 30 total touchdowns, maybe there's 35, 38, whatever it might be. And so he has 15, 16, you know, whatever it may, may be. Yeah, that's 18 in 11 games with one game having five touchdowns in it. Not seeing another five touchdown game because it was UConn. 
but I still think that 11 and a half is a fairly, uh, it's, it's a good line, but I think it, I'm very happy with the over on that line. Andy. Yeah. Um, this, and I, I'm making the comparison, but I'm going to go the other way with it, but it, it feels like the Drake may trap from last week, which I did say was, we're going to do the under, but I can't, I got to believe my guy quorum can get 12 because he had 18, like you guys said, in 11 games, he didn't even play the, he had two carries in the Ohio state game with what I think he was a torn ACL. I don't know why he was out there, uh, but he was. And, you know, like John mentioned, Edwards is probably going to cut into his rushing TD total a little bit, but we're at 18. Like, let's say he gets to 13. That's still, we're still hitting the over. So, um, yeah, it's, and the other thing, Jim Harbaugh is is he's always going to continue to do what what he knows is going to win the game, which is pound the rock. And he can say they're going to like diversify the offense a little bit. No, they're they're still going to just use Quorum as much as they can because he'll, he's probably going to be the best player in the field a lot of the times. So, yeah, I'm going to go the over here, and I think it does. It might be a trap, but that's all right. I'm going to fall for it this time. All right, I'll I'll take that. I'll take that. I I don't think it's necessarily as much of a trap, or it doesn't feel like as much of a trap as the Drake May line. Uh, it does seem a little low coming off of 18 touchdowns and whenever he should be fully healthy. But you all do make a lot of really good points. Donovan Edwards is going to take over some of the work in the backfield. And yeah, 18 does seem I it seems very tough to repeat with 18. But so all three of us with the over. Very nice. And then the toughest one I feel like to predict, Travion Henderson, just going a little south to the Ohio State. And coming off of 2021, whenever he had 15 touchdowns, looked like the next great running back to come out of Ohio State. Follows it up with a very disappointing, at least in terms of our expectations, 2022 with only six touchdowns and over a yard and a half decrease in terms of his average. So what are you all thinking about Travion Henderson, 11 and a half touchdowns? Uh, see, like this is where it gets a little interesting for me. Um, I think it's under, I, like you said, I know he had the 15 touchdown season when healthy. Um, but I think that since that time, Ryan Day has seen what he has in mind, Williams. He knows that he has Dallin Hayden. Uh, we're getting Evan Pryor back, which I don't think a lot of people have really – mentioned or thought about um so if i'm ryan day I'm, I'm just thinking like why ride henderson if you really don't have to uh keep him fresh for the games that matter at the end of the season um i think the backfield is going to be kind of unpredictable as far as the rotation for most of the season so i would just take the under because it's just you know we don't know what's going to happen so why would you bet on like a, a superstar season if, if if it's there's just so much unknown See, I want to believe in the over. I really do. I mean, I believe in the, the player itself. I There's so many running backs there that I do get scared off of it, like uh, Andy was saying. But, man, I believe in the talent too much to say under. Like, it's I'm probably wrong, uh, but I just I believe he's a special player, and so I'm just going to call over. Fair enough. It, can I just pass on this one since I'm I'm too scared to answer it? No, you got to break the tie, uh, dude. <laughs> Say something. Uh, 
I, I completely agree with you, John. Um, really believe in the talent. And Andy wasn't saying he's not talented. He is extremely talented. I also don't see Mayan Williams doing 14 rushing touchdowns and having 80 more carries than Travion Henderson again this season. But I don't know if Travion Henderson can get up to 180 carries again if they do split that completely evenly in the backfield. And because of that, I'm going to say under on the 11 and a half. I think, I think he can get to 10. I think he's talented enough to break that even with a limited workload, but I I'm going to say just cause I don't think he can get up to 108 carries again. I'm not, I'm not willing to go with the over. I want apologies from both of you when he has 20. I will definitely I will. apologize if, if let's keep track of this calls out whenever he hits that 20 mark and then we will apologize. We well we're already going to have the Drake May touchdown counter so we oh can't have, we just we can't do everything. <laughs> oh no, we, we got all of these. Drake May, Travion, we're doing all this baby. Singer, oh. I don't care. Oh, we we might get another one here as we move along to the next series of prop bets. And this is just as tantalizing. And that is the receiving touchdown prop bets for the 2023 college football season. Uh, Andy, take it away. All right. So three of them again. Uh, We got Marvin Harrison Jr. at over under 11 and a half receiving touchdowns. We got Malik Neighbors at over and under seven and a half. And we got Brock Bowers at over under eight and a half. Sorry. So, uh, yeah, there's there's no way in hell MHJ is getting over on, on the touchdown. It's just not happening. I, I'm i sorry. He had 14 receiving touchdowns in a very prolific C.J. Stroud-led offense. And now he has a non-led offense they don't have a quarterback and you're telling me he's going to get similar numbers. Like, nah, it's just not happening. Uh, you know, add in, add in the, no, obviously like the freshmen aren't going to really, damn it. I'm on the clock again. Give me one second. All right. All right. I'm taking that guy. Okay. Um, so the freshmen aren't really going to like play into it that much. Obviously it's, it's probably going to be like at towards the end of the year, if anything, but, when we're talking about you know certain totals and you're taken away from the prolificness of the offense and everything, that like last couple of games, if you know, or if they rest them a little bit or whatever it may be, I just I'm calling under here. Um, I, here's the thing: like I had written here that I was going to take the over, but I've been hearing a lot of this was I did this last week. Um, I've been hearing a lot of good things about Carnell Tate and that he's going to be like a part of this offense. And like John said, like he had 12, I think last year in the regular season before his two touchdown game in the, in the Georgia game. So he just cleared it last year in what many consider like one of the better wide receiver seasons, you know, of recent memory. And you make you know he's he's not going to have CJ Stroud who went top five in the NFL draft this year. They don't even know who their quarterback's going to be. Egbuka is still going to get his uh, for a lot of the season last year. Egbuka might have been the more productive receiver on that team. So I I'm kind of t- talking myself into the under here as well. So I'm going to be on the under here. Oh, 
Dang. You know, before I actually thought about this, just even for a little bit, I thought that 11 and a half, it just seemed way too low until you all make very good points. He had 12 touchdowns in the regular season, two touchdowns in a fantastic performance, but only basically what one half in the college football playoff. Uh, and he was a little banged up last year. I believe he had an ankle injury uh, midway through the season. I might be misremembering here, but I believe he was a little banged up throughout the season. Because uh, I remember hoping Ohio State would lose so Tennessee could jump them. And yeah, uh, I was very petty, but that's okay. Moving past that, 12 again. If we assume that he's at 70 receptions, that's that's going to be pretty tough to, to hit. So I, I'm going to agree with you all. Go with the under. Uh, and we will see if he makes us eat crow at the end of this, which very well could. Uh, you talk about betting on talent with Travion Henderson. There's not another talent in college football that I'd really want to bet against. But 11 and a half with all the unknowns, it, it makes me a little, a little wary. Uh, the next wide receiver on the list, though, Malik Neighbors. And it's only right that John starts off with Malik Neighbors. Of course, I'm on the clock as you do that. I think <laughs> it wouldn't it wouldn't work if it wasn't that way. But I'm going to take him. So I I think <laughs> I have no idea who oh I'm taking this. I'm, I'm literally just clicking <laughs> buttons. Um, and this is this is a, a a paid league. So yeah, this is going to be a fun season for sure. I'm going to have some making up to do. But with Malik Neighbors, I think you know if you're just looking at the numbers from the past two seasons, you're going to sit there and you're going to go, no, this, of course it's going to be the under. But I mean, a the total's not that high. B Keishon Butte, while he was terrible for the majority of the season, he was the, like the touchdown scorer on that team last year, and so I think that Jaden Daniels is going to be better in his second year in the offense. Um, you know, because even though he's a fifth year player. It was a brand new offense, brand new everything, brand new team for him last year. Uh, they didn't even really name him the starter until like the week before the season started. So, you know, he didn't have all that much uh, time to build rapport and do whatever. We saw Malik Neighbors score four touchdowns and a pretty small sample in his freshman season. We only saw three last year, but like I said, I think he's going to take over as that number one guy that you know that main guy on the offense and while it's not going to be the best offense that's ever happened you know it's not it's not going to be they're not going to be putting up 5000 passing yards or anything like that i think they can get in the red zone they can get in the end zone enough to where he's going to easily get you know 8 9 maybe 10 something like that um you know 10's probably pushing it but regardless i i believe in the talent he's he's a solid player we're going over baby john you're so wrong here Oh, they, <laughs> they, they, first of all, Boutte only had two touchdowns last year. And Give Neighbors, me the counter. Malik Neighbors counter. I want it. We're going to have the Drake all, May counter, Malik Neighbors counter, Dorian Singer counter, and what was the other I, one? Trevion Henderson counter. No there one's we go. playing against Dorian Singer here. Right. <laughs> everyone. Everyone is. All right. I like Neighbors, but this offense doesn't throw the ball to score touchdowns. They like uh, um, their quarterback, Jaden Daniels, who you love, only had 15 passing touchdowns in the regular season. So we're we're expecting neighbors to get half of those this year. That seems a little little crazy. Um, 
it seems not when like you a low number with the over for uh for Jay and Daniels. Then we're talking twenty touchdowns, baby. Well, yeah. So right. Well, actually, I, I was looking. I completely made up the Keishon Butte thing. I just thought he scored <laughs> touchdowns. He actually scored yeah. two touchdowns last year. So yeah, I, I'm hundred percent wrong. Here. This it's is okay. the expert analysis you get with the Full Tilt Devi podcast, he, making up guy. numbers on the spot to draft players for the our guy, actual. It's leagues. it sounded right. Okay, it sounded right. The guy you need to worry about is still on the team, and his name's Brian Thomas. He's the guy that catches all those red zone targets, and he's going to continue to do that. If if I'm betting him over eight seven and a half, then I might think about it because he had six touchdowns a year ago. But it's not going to happen. So someone maybe- just drafted Keishon Butte in this draft. I think they're listening to us right now. <laughs> oh, God, we do have two live viewers as we are talking. Oh. Maybe it's one of them. Well, hello, so guys. look at that. Bonjour. Uh, I I will say for for Malik Neighbors' case. He had three games last season over 100 yards, and that is three of his last four games. Out of his three touchdown catches, two of them came in his last two games. He We're only, back, baby. We're back. Until the last four games of the season, he had only eclipsed 80 yards twice. Once in the second game of the season against Southern, and then against that terrible secondary of Tennessee's. But, you know, it's still 4 year 13, so that that's fine. No big deal with that. I think things are trending upward for Malik Neighbors and for that LSU passing attack, but not enough to go with the over. I think that six is extremely likely. That's the one that I feel the best about. But seven and a half, so him having to get to eight, that that feels a little a little too too rich. So we have two unders and one over for Malik Neighbors, and I'm gonna have to make an actual list of all these touchdown counters that we're Calling gonna have now. to do. Calling it now, nine touchdowns. It's, it's, it's gonna happening. be like half the screen is gonna be touchdown counters. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can can somebody who's actually watching this just throughout? Saturdays, as people are getting touchdowns, just tweet out a list of everyone that we're tracking for our touchdown counter in an updated total. Um, it might it might be a lot depending on uh, who's playing who during during these Saturdays, but uh, that that's going to be that's going to be pretty interesting. Uh, all right, moving on to the last one. Mr. Brock Bowers, the main man out of Georgia. And he has an over-under of eight and a half touchdowns. Andy, since you're wearing red, I mean, it's the wrong kind of red, but I'll accept Wisconsin red before I accept Georgia red. Let's get started on Mr. Brock Bowers, sir. Um, I think it's kind of a similar situation to what we were talking about with Marvin Harrison, where there's kind of an unknown with a quarterback with Carson Beck. Um, he had seven last year and I have to pull up his stats to see how many were in the postseason. Um, but honestly, I don't expect that number to change much. Uh, they still have Lad McConkey, who seems to be like they're underneath reliable. If you need to pass it into the end zone and the sneaky little play, then he's there. And Bowers, they also use him as, you know, as a running threat. So if they're in the red zone, he might score a touchdown on the ground. And that's obviously not going to count towards this total. Um, so him scoring nine receiving touchdowns seems a little far-fetched to me, you know, 
for a tight end to score nine touchdowns would be pretty in the SEC would be uh, uh, pretty unheard of as far as recent memory is concerned. So uh, I, I would take the under again. Uh, same as with Malik Neighbors. No disrespect to the player. Uh, I just I just think the numbers aren't really playing in their favor here. Do you remember how many touchdowns he had as a freshman? I don't thirteen. Know Thirteen. It one rushing touchdown. Last year he had seven receiving touchdowns and three rushing touchdowns. Just add it to the list. We're going over, baby. We're going over. Brock Bowers over what was it? Nine, nine and a half, ten. I don't care. (laughs) Twelve touchdowns. We're going over. That offense is gonna be better with Carson Beck. Uh Stetson Bennett is not a good quarterback. He is not a quality quarterback. He he was fine in college in, in his 18th season, but he is not a quality quarterback. Carson Beck is better. He is going to throw more touchdowns. They have the easiest schedule in college football, like ever. They're going to put up a thousand points every week before halftime. Brock Bowers might have beat this total by midseason. I'm not gonna lie. Brock Bowers over, baby. There were a lot of statements that were just said there, and some of them I can agree with. Others, not so much. Uh, I mean, Carson Beck might be more talented, but better quarterback that has yet to be seen going to be beating the crap out of their opponents by halftime. I don't, for the vast majority of them, probably. But have I you seen their schedule? All of them. Have you uh, seen their I schedule? Have not, but it's still the SEC, so you know it's better than any Pac-12. Barely the SEC. It's like <laughs> Vanderbilt eight times or something like that. Oh my gosh! Uh, speaking of Vanderbilt, he didn't score any touchdowns against Vanderbilt, so that does not bode well for him. And we also have to take, the, take into account that Georgia has a brand new offensive coordinator this offseason as well. Don't know how they will utilize the tight ends. Uh, now, granted, they don't have Darnell Washington also competing for targets. Not that he really stole too many away, but was an extremely talented player to at least be on the field with him eight and a half i'm still going to go with the under i can't believe i did three unders in a row i didn't realize just how negative i am right now uh maybe i need to go to bed and reevaluate some things but it goes back to kind of a common theme uh with a lot of these players is just the all the unknowns and I'm not willing to bet on them doing better in this new sort of system with so much stacked against them. Add it to the list. <laughs> Total touchdowns, I have no problem with that. That is easy slam dunk smash. And if you said it was 10.5 or 11.5 total touchdowns, I'm I'm hitting the over on that. But just receiving... A little, a little scared. Heck, he might throw a touchdown for Georgia this year. I don't know. Uh, we'll see, but not not willing to do a and a half on the over. So, uh, Luke, just to recap, what well, is that? Anything? I was just gonna say, Lucas. Just so you know, uh, Georgia plays uh, at Rocky Top in this cupcake schedule. John is talking about. I know. Oh my gosh! Depending on what's been going on this season, um, that he'll have three just in that game. <laughs> All right. You say this, you say this, and going to point something out real fast here about uh, Mr. Brock Bowers, who 
is incredibly talented, not taking away from that. But last year, he did not score a touchdown against Tennessee. And the year before, he did not score a touchdown against Tennessee. So he will have to score a touchdown against Tennessee in order to break this. He didn't have Carson Beck back then. Done. Argument over. What the fuck? What's this Carson Beck love? What is going on here? <laughs> I, I had too long of an intro. It allowed John to take a few too many sips there. Um, we're really getting off the rails now. But, oh. Man, you know, speaking I'm of drinking intros, tea for once, I'm not even drinking. He's unlocking part of his mind that we didn't know. That's he, probably he why. Could. <laughs> well, I I will let us regroup a little bit and do another intro, making it up to three, and we'll see if I can sneak in a couple more before the end of the show, as we have about ten minutes left. But we have yet to recap or preview the SEC, so stick around, and we will get to that. It's it's always so good. It gets you just a little bit more hyped up throughout the show. It does. Uh, I, I I still do wonder when we're going to lose all of our listeners just by doing the intros over <laughs> and over again. But it hasn't happened just yet. So, oh, good point. Good point. So as we move into the SEC preview, I'm going to try and make a rule on myself that I won't choose a single Tennessee player for this, even though I can definitely find one for all of our categories here. Um, SEC preview our favorite players in the conference who wants to start oh I'll go. I'll go um, and I'll choose a Tennessee player for you and I think uh, Squirrel White is a no brainer here uh, highest rated receiver on Tennessee a season ago uh, according to PFF uh, he had over 4 yards per route run as a true freshman uh, a dot of 16 while running 90% of his routes out of the slot. Uh, he does need to clean up the drops, no doubt about that, but I think he's a cheat code and he's going to absorb like every last drop of that Jalen Hyatt production. So, and I know targets are earned, but I think he'll be able to earn them. Who was it? I'm making literally making my last pick, so you can forgive me. <laughs> Squirrel. Squirrel White. Oh, yeah. All right. So, uh, he, he's your favorite player, right? Yes, that's right. I, yeah, I'm. I, I like Scroll White. I like him as a friend. I don't love him. Okay, like I, I think that he's good. Obviously, the size. We're not sizes, but like people are going to complain about the size and all that kind of stuff. But I just don't. I don't know. Like he was pretty prolific, or he was in a, a very prolific offense last year, and he was good. He was decent. Like he, he wasn't like amazing. He didn't rock my world or anything like that. So I, I like him. I, I don't know if I can go as far as saying he's my favorite player in the SEC. I, I just can't, can't quite do it. Fair so I guess that'll bring us to my favorite player in the SEC. And I have been drafting this entire time. I don't have a favorite player, but we're going to go ahead and say, because I've drafted so, no, I can't even do that. Damn it. 
They're not in the SEC yet. Okay, so we're gonna go ahead. <laughs> we're gonna stick with the. We're gonna stick with the Carson Beck love. We're going Dominic Lovett, baby. Dominic Lovett is my favorite player in the SEC. I just I think that he kind of gets shit on for because people really like Luther Burden, and so they're like, well, I don't like the fact that he was actually better than Luther Burden in every aspect of the game, and now he went to a better offense with a better quarterback. Carson Beck, uh, and we, like I, I mean, I'm not saying he's going to be amazing. He's not going to be quite Marvin Harrison Jr., but you know, he's like quite like basically to that level, though. Favorite player? I wonder who uh, John's overrated player is going to end up being. Uh, I'm going to go with an easy one here, and that's Mr. Raheem Rocket Sanders. Uh, just he is so much fun to watch. Uh, both he and Quinshawn Judkins are just. You love watching them run the football. Uh, but out of the two, Raheem Rocket Sanders is my favorite. He's the one I'm most excited about at the next level, too. And I, I'm excited to see if Arkansas can have a little bit of a bounce back after an up-and-down season last year. So after our favorite players, unfortunately, that means the overvalued or overrated players John, let's just get it out of the way. Who, who, who's your overrated player? So you know, I don't really like to hate on players or anything. You know, I, I really, I, I like to stay positive with it all and everything. So I, I don't really have a player that I that I hate, you know, all, all that much or that I think is overrated or anything like that. You know, I just, uh, you know, I, I really, I love them all. Uh, so I, I don't know about you guys, but I, I feel like. Wait, oh, oh no, Luther Burden. It's Luther Burden. <laughs> That's right. I just remembered. Um, why is he still rated as high as he is? Why do people still love him? Like, uh, I think I was, I was, wa- I was watching something or listening to a podcast, whatever it was, and they were saying how they were doing like film analysis on Burden, and he literally cannot get off the line of scrimmage. Like, he can't get past the line of scrimmage. He can't do anything beyond the line of scrimmage, which is why his A dot was literally the line of scrimmage. <laughs> it was that. So, it's it's not a fun player. It's Rondell Moore all over again, but yet people are just basically acting like he's. MHJ, you know, and so yeah, overrated. Yeah, right I, then. I, I mean, I agree. Uh, I don't have anything to add there. Um, it stinks because I had Branson Robinson here because that was my guy to hate on, and now I can't really talk about that anymore. Um, but uh, I will stick on Georgia, and um, I think people are drafting Oscar Delp a little too high. Uh, one thing I would always advise against is trying to project a tight end success. Uh, nobody was on Brock Bowers because nobody knew he was going to be good, just like nobody knew uh, Dalton Kincaid was going to be good last year. Nobody knew, you know, uh, Trey McBride was going to be good uh, two years ago, I, except for me, of course, because uh, he was leading the, the, the country in touchdowns at that point in time. But um, it's 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 something that you don't want to do. Like the, I understand he's like an athletic tight end, and he's coming into this system that used Brock Bowers so effectively. I just I would just advise against uh, projecting a tight end's value ever. So just just don't do it. Wait for them to be good, and then and then go find them somewhere. But don't don't try and figure it out because you're going to end up with like the Eric Gilberts of the world or 
all these other guys that end up being nothing. So fair enough. Fair enough. Up uh, person I'm going to go with. And it's another person John very much could have gone with, and that is Mr. Jackson Dart. Somebody who very well could be coming out of this offseason losing his starting position. And he just wasn't that impressive last year in a system where everybody just praises what Lane Kiffin can do with quarterbacks. And he was arguably the most talented one that he has had in his time. I mean, don't get me wrong. Matt Corral was fantastic. But Jackson Dart had so much hype coming out of USC that he was going to be this next star and he has a cool name. So it really helped. It really ensured success, but he he's according to fantasy pros, Debbie rankings. He is still in the top 25 of quarterbacks. I don't see that happening. There are a lot more quarterbacks who I at least feel confident. Well, maintain their jobs throughout the season he's not one of them so that is my overrated player right now luke luke wasn't here for my uh for my jackson dart victory laps was he <laughs> he was not uh yeah we, we we went full circle on this one baby while you were gone i i made the claim because at, at the time remember you've been gone for what 19 months something like that time. Yeah. yeah it was a while something um like at the time, Spencer Sanders had just come over. Um, I think the Cold War was ending, and we <laughs> and I, I said, "There's no way." Twitter. I, 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 yeah, Twitter still existed, and I said that uh, there's no way in hell Spencer Sanders is taking Jackson Dart's job. This is not a Jackson Dart. Uh, love fest or anything like that it's just spencer sanders is terrible but at the time it was just everyone was 100 percent convinced no spencer sanders is taking the job that's why he transferred over he was guaranteed the job when he transferred like all that kind of stuff and i'm like no he's terrible he's literally terrible jackson dart is not good he is terrible and guess what jackson dart is here jackson dart is a starter so we've already had victory laps and all that kind of stuff so now i'm a jackson dart stand uh, he's actually my favorite player. He, underrated. He's my underrated player. No, he's not. But uh, I, the, the funny thing is, all jokes aside, uh, on the full tilt, or I'm sorry, on the Debbie devotional on Monday night, I actually said the smallest, 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 smallest chance that Jackson Dart ends up as the QB three in the the 2024 class. I don't believe it. I'm just saying that uh, like we we went through a bunch of names that he was literally the last name named. So I'm not saying that like there's there's high odds. I'm not saying add it to the list. I'm not. I'm not saying count the touchdowns. I'm just saying there's the smallest chance he he makes a little bit of a progression and ends up as the QB3, QB4 in the class something like that. We should add the Spencer Sanders touchdown count to the list because he's going to be starting before the season's over. <laughs> he is not. Oh, he, Spencer Sanders is literally garbage. Like, I don't know why people thought he was taking that job. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I hate I hated that, like, we're, we're at a time in this offseason where I had to, like, be Spencer Sanders' defense because I was like, he sucks too, but <laughs> what can you do? The whole... I'm not going to sit here and be on Jackson Dart's side, but I mean, you were right. So I'm glad for you. You got that victory lap. As always, baby, as always. Oh, gosh. All right. Moving along, let's wrap up the SEC. 
and talk about our underrated players. So ending on a positive note, there's been a lot of negative on the show. We've had a lot that we've had to work through, it seems like. And it's hard to, you know, really improve a show after talking about Taylor Swift for three minutes to start it. So, you know, we, we've been through some rough stuff, lots of negatives, lots of unders, just finished the overrated players. So who are the underrated players right now in the SEC that we need to be paying attention to? So I probably should have used Dominic Lovett as my underrated player because uh, he's really not my favorite player in the SEC. But I was on the spot and I had just switched back over to uh, to not drafting, and so we did. But I, I, found, I have an, I have another one. I have a player who I have literally one spot behind Luther Burden in my rankings, one spot behind Luther Burden in my ranks, and yet. People are drafting him probably like 20 rounds, 30 rounds after Luther Burden in C2C startups. That seems pretty underrated if you ask me. And it's Jaden McGowan out of Vanderbilt. Oh, no. Did, oh, I, I, thought, I thought I stole Andy's guy, but no, he, he's loving on it. So You did steal him. <laughs> oh, I did? Okay. Yeah, I, I, I'm so sorry. Jeez. Then I, <laughs> I, I've drafted him everywhere I can, um, you know, like last round pick kind of deal. Like I, you almost forget about him because no one talks about him. No one ever says anything, but while Vanderbilt itself, isn't this amazing powerhouse or whatever, he's proving to be good. And I mean, he's a true sophomore, I believe. Um, and so I'm like, what if he transfers? Like the talent is there, even though the offense itself isn't amazing. And you know, uh, what's the other guy's name? I can't think of it right now. Uh, Will Shepard. Will, Will Shepard seems, yeah, he, he seems to get a lot of love, uh, or at least some love, but yet McGowan doesn't really get hardly any, and it just, uh, he seems underrated. Fair enough. Fair enough. Can't argue with that. Andy? Well, uh, I had a whole... Let's put you on the spot, but... No, well, I, so I had the whole thing with, like, Branson Robinson, and I was going to talk about Kendall Milton here. Like, it was going to... And then I had to pivot and go with... Jaden McGowan, and then John ruined that. But I mean, he brought up Will Shepard. I know people. We're finally in tune, though. We're finally in tune here. You know, we've been arguing all night long. We finally got one right. Yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, I I would talk about Will Shepard. I think that he, you know, he does get some love, but he is going into his fourth year. uh, But he he improves every single year. Like last year, he was over uh, almost two. 2.25 2.25 yards per team pass attempt. I mean, he came back for a fourth year, which, you know, late declare. I know that turns some people away, but um, he's probably going to be the best receiver on that offense again. They do play week zero against Hawaii. Uh, so they're probably going to have a million yards in that game because that's just how Hawaii plays. Um, so that'll be a fun game to watch this weekend, actually, with Jaden McGowan and uh Will Shepard. I think uh, those are two guys that might you might see some some posts about them. Can you you can't even say tweets anymore, right? Yeah, it's posts. So I mean, as far as I'm concerned, like if you actually go on your like on a, like an actual browser and not just an app, it still is Twitter.com. So I'm still just calling it Twitter and tweets and all that kind of stuff because they might want to try and rebrand. But it, until it doesn't say Twitter.com anymore, until it says X.com, I'm gonna call it Twitter. <laughs> Oh dang! Fair enough. Uh, the the underrated is is really tough for me because I said I wouldn't choose any Tennessee players for this, but I can choose so many. It feels like. Oh, I actually have a Tennessee, be- an underrated Tennessee player. Oh, 
You know what? Okay. What what is your underrated Tennessee player? I have to know now. Dylan Sampson. I love Dylan Sampson. I actually think that he is extremely underrated uh, because of of the freshman coming in, because of the terrible running backs that are ahead of him, and I'm doing air quotes. Uh, Jabari Small is a god-awful running back. Uh, Jalen Wright is decent at best. Dylan Sampson is a stud, and he was actually like dominating in the spring while both of those players were out. And so then all you really have to you know worry about is a true freshman coming in and like stealing his job, which you know once again he dominated in the spring. Like the coaches aren't just going to be like, oh yeah, just you know kick him out of here, whatever. I I've drafted Dylan Sampson just about everywhere I can. I I love to get him as like a throw in in trades if I don't have him. Like I really do think that he's at least going to get on radars if he's not like truly special. But I think while he might not have like ideal perfect size, that athleticism is is like amazing yeah i still think that cam seldon's going to end up being a wide receiver i i think right now he's in their running back room because they are so low on running backs but i i really do think that long term they're going to eventually move him out to wide receiver even if it's in like that slot role or they they're flexing him all over the field um that's not the tennessee play i thought you were going to say because i thought you were going to sneak cam seldon in there uh Absolutely love the the take though. I'll say, even though I took the under here on his touchdown total, I think that Malik Neighbors is still one of the more underrated SEC players, especially in terms of how the industry in general looks at him. There there are places out there that still have Luther Burden over him, and just because of that. I'm going to say that Malik Neighbors is underrated. Also, like I said, I can't include a Tennessee player because I said way. So Malik Neighbors is my most underrated player in the SEC right now and can legit be a top three wide receiver, I think, by the end of this year. And he's definitely underrated in the touchdown column. We know that already. So <laughs> Some of that's him. Some of that's LSU. You know, we'll... We'll cross that bridge when we get there with our um, with our Malik neighbors counter and our who else do we have counter for Brock Bowers, Travion Henderson, Mark Harrison Jr. We we have way too many counters. Everybody, Dorian Singer. <laughs> don't forget Dorian Singer. Dorian, Dorian we're all on Dorian Singer. Singer. We all like him. <laughs> we don't need the counter. <laughs> I want him on the list. I, I just want him on the list. I, I want to see how many to touchdowns he scores. Exactly, exactly. Jackson Dart. He's got to be on there. Got to be on and, there. No. And Spencer Sanders. Spencer Sanders, zero touchdowns. Oh, wait. Week, week 10, zero touchdowns. Week 12, zero touchdowns. <laughs> he will be on the screen. Weird. That one's still at the bottom. It's never updated. <laughs> oh, my God. And I, I, I want a Dylan Sampson versus Jabari Small counter. I can't believe Jabari it's Small. Jalen Wright. Team. That's the one that I am pushing the most for. I think Jalen Wright, especially at the end of the season, just looked yeah. so good, so explosive. And apparently he's up to 220 pounds and is just as explosive. So I'm excited to see that. Uh Dylan Sampson obviously is just ridiculously fast. Uh so is so many other people on that team. So I sometimes forget that he's just stupid stupid fast and forced another four star running back out of there because he just clearly beat him out and justin uh thomas williams williams thomas i think i got the last name wrong again but they, he forced him essentially a transfer because he had that thing so locked down uh 
so yeah uh that that is the sec preview we'll real quick before we start to get out of here we we did our favorite we did our overrated we are did our underrated is there just one player you want to watch just because you either want to prove someone right, you want to prove someone wrong. Is there one player that you just can't wait to see how they perform this year in the SEC? I'm not one to boast most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I consider myself a simple country man, but uh, <laughs> oh man. Um, no, <laughs> I don't really have one that I that I truly care. I mean, honestly, it's Jaden Daniels. I guess if I had to choose one, uh, you know, I I was all in on Jaden Daniels last year. It uh, it kind of worked out because like once again, people were saying he wasn't even going to start, and it was going to be Garrett Nussmeyer, and then you know it was it was going to be I think that wasn't there another uh, quarterback that was there and then transferred out. I don't remember, but yeah. um. You know, then, but I thought he was going to go to the NFL. He didn't go to the NFL, so and I was kind of right, kind of wrong, that kind of thing. I just want him to take that next step. It doesn't have to be amazing. It doesn't have to be perfect. He doesn't have to be a, a, a you know first round draft pick in the NFL draft or anything. I just want to see him dominate. You know, at LSU in the SEC, like dominate college football, win a bunch of games, and get the respect that he deserves. So that's what I want to watch this year, Andy. Um, for me, it's still going to be Kendall Milton. Uh, I think that I still have a chance to be vindicated there. Um, even though it seems like the path is a little bit easier, that's nothing. I couldn't control that. So, um, I, I, I'd like to see him go out there and be that RB one for Georgia that ends up getting day two draft capital. We'll see what happens. Obviously he has to stay healthy. Um, the other guy that I don't even want to like mention it because I don't know what's going to happen at South Carolina as far as like their, their running games concerned, but I was on Mario Anderson early on in the season, but I know that it seems like he's probably going to be buried further down in the depth chart, but I am interested to see how he does. He was like a, a, a D two transfer, but it doesn't seem like he's going to get too much playing time. So I will go with Kendall Milton as like my, my, my pick of, a guy that I think is going to do well. And I'd like to see that t- take come to fruition. He, he has to, or else you're going to be, man, it's going to be really rough. It's going to be really, really And everyone's going to say like, Oh, Andy was right. He said it all along. Yeah, all, all along. <laughs> Add it to the list. Uh, real quick, Luke, before you give your player that you really want to watch, I, I just was looking at Jalen, Wright, And cause you were like, Oh, you know, like he's the one I'm excited about all that kind of stuff. He had a 4% big time run rate. And now you're telling me he gained like 15, 20 pounds. That is not good. Uh, it's going to be the Dylan Sampson show. Go get him on all of your teams. Do it today, not tomorrow. Do it tonight. Whenever you listen to it and then thank me, send me, I don't know, cash, candy, beer, something after you win everything with Dylan Sampson as your stud. Um, and I will say thank you. Or just, you know, subscribe to this show. And it also goes and subscribe to the Debbie Devotional as well. So always love a little subscription, little follow, little check mark, thumbs up, whatever it Send is beer. that you can do. What was that? Send beer. Beer, money, <laughs> however you want to support us. I mean, we're, we won't be too picky here with this. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm not going to make any promises about Tennessee in this one. It's it's Joe Milton. Um 
coming out of the Manning Passing Academy, everybody was raving that he had the most talented arm there. He can throw. He said that the longest he's ever thrown starts with a nine, and that's pretty freaking ridiculous. I just want to watch him throw deep balls and not overthrow his targets. That's the only thing I want. I want that every single Saturday. Uh, and, you know, I'd, I'd also love to see wins, but just deep bomb after deep bomb. That's that's all I want. It's pretty simple. I'll ask for a lot in this world, but long touchdown passes to Squirrel White, Dante Thornton, uh, and Brew McCoy. That that would make me so happy. So happy. Oh, St. Manning Passing Academy just made me cringe. <laughs> okay, you say Andy's this. Andy's face. Andy's you face. You say this, but Kenny Pickett got all of his hype that led him to be a first-round so, pick coming so out Levis. of the Manning Passing Academy. So did yep. Will Levis. So, so did Devin Leary. Great company. Tommy Corbacks can tie it back to that. I'm not saying he is an NFL talent, although I'm getting really sick of reading in every it's amazing single article how, how, that he's the amazing. next Anthony Richardson because he's am- not, but it's amazing how great these Tennessee quarterbacks do at the Manning Passing Academy. I'm just saying. I'm going to say this. Nobody was raving whenever Tyler Bray was there. I'll just throw that out there. That was not a fun time, even though I thought he was the coolest thing in the world whenever I was in middle school. So uh, that was a, you, that was a really tough thing to you, deal with. You heard it here first, guys. <laughs> Joe Milton, the next Will Levis. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, why do you, why are you so mean, man? Why are you so mean? We even had a show about Will Levis last year, and how it makes us sad. Um, dang. All right. Well, I regret saying everything. Um, and that means that we've had a really nice past hour. So good on us. We have hurt each other's self confidence a little bit. Uh, laughed at each other a lot. And have really truly seen how much love John has for Luther Burden. So I think it's I think it's been a really good show then. Uh why don't we wrap it up with some final thoughts? Either what are you most excited for for the college football season, or just what you have going on in terms of what you're putting out uh for fantasy content. Uh I'll start, I guess, uh, you know, I really want to come out of my shell this year. You know, like I, I just, I don't want to be that like introverted, you know, not willing to, to speak his mind and, and that kind of person. So that's going to be my goal moving forward is to, you know, just, you know, let people know how I feel about players, uh, you know, a hundred percent. And so, uh, you know, whether it's writing, talking, potting, you know, whatever that that's going to be my goal. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not working on too too much right now uh besides podcasts and trying to get all of my leagues because i commission a lot of leagues and so i'm trying to just make sure that they're all ready to go and and i just realized that we were supposed to pick uh new divisions for one of them and i was like i have not done that yet so we we might want to go ahead and do that oh <laughs> uh, you are doing a great job commissioning the one debbie league i'm in so good good work you you made Beautiful. sure our debbie depleted draft went extremely well I did actually. I'm very proud of that one. No, so uh, Andy, what are you up to, buddy? Um, I'm up to this every other uh, every other Saturday, Wednesday, whenever we do this show. But uh, whatever day um, of the week this. 
I actually am going to Italy next week, so I'm I'm not going to be here. So if you know, we might as well take the week off, or you guys can just run the show by yourselves. It's up to you guys. But uh, that's where I'll be. But other than that, I mean, I am so excited just to watch some actual college football this week, and I'm going to watch Dorian Singer score all those touchdowns so that the, you know he can rack up that counter because I'm on the Dorian Singer train too. Three in the first week, or week zero, I should say. Dang. Very nice, very nice. Uh, yeah, not too much going on. Still, you know, doing everything that we do here at Full Tilt Debbie Podcast. And then, of course, for the uh, the flagship Full Tilt Dynasty Podcast, which is airing on Friday, 7 Eastern, 6 Central. Uh, going to keep throwing that out there. I've been working on some different uh, fantasy football stats, made my own wins above replacement metric. We will see how that fares this year. That is why I've been basing a lot of my drafts on and um, I'm not happy coming out of them right now. So we will see if it's actually worth anything. But that's kind of where it is. And then, yeah, just just so excited for college football. It is finally back. Love the NFL. Love being able to play fantasy football with the NFL. But there's there's just something different whenever college football is on. Uh, so it's been a great time. Love that we get to do this right now every other week. We'll see what the schedule looks like during the season. It's always so much fun talking with you all and having the three beards of fantasy football back together. Always a good time, man. Always a good time. Uh, So we're going to head out of here. You all have a great rest of your week. Happy college football week zero. And we can't wait until we get to talk with you all again. So until next time, see y'all. There.